1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time for another edition of the Curtain Call podcast. My name is Michael Beck, the deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And that is not Jeffrey Benedict's music. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, special guest host tonight with me, one Mr. Brian Anthony Davis, the bad man of BTSC brian how are you doing tonight
3: <laughs> to quote the wwe's razor ramon way back in the day the bad guy hey yo <laughs> uh chico
2: <laughs> oh i got that reference i am love I'm loving it, it. <laughs> uh a fun little uh, mashup tonight with uh jeffrey benedict getting the night off which he uh definitely deserves but uh Brian and I are hanging out, uh, a little bit of Steelers news off the top, and then we're kind of getting a fun little exercise, kind of looking around the NFL and seeing uh, the, the hierarchy of the teams at the top, the teams at the bottom, and uh, where the Steelers kind of fit in in the grand scheme of things, Right as we sit here right now. Of course, injuries, training camp happens, some, some risers, some fallers, but as we sit here a couple weeks before camp, we can uh, kind of look at the direction of this league and what the Steelers are kind of faced with, but... I guess kind of the big news of this week in in Steelers' world is that uh, that thread from Ryan Burr that came out uh, talking about Ben Roethlisberger, how he's been super motivated after the playoff loss, how he's been tuned in with the media, knowing how people are talking about him. Uh, Also, that his diet is supposedly better than that of Tom Brady, who... By by all accounts, seems to have the best diet of, of any dude on the planet. it Seems like the, the guy's eating uh, avocado ice cream, so I, I can't compete with that personally. But apparently, Ben Roethlisberger is uh, Brian. I'm curious your thoughts on uh, B- Big Ben that uh, can com- really just uh, focusing in on this season and uh, this this kind of news that he's in this fantastic shape. Are are you buying it?
3: Yeah, I absolutely I absolutely am buying it because. <sighs> I say this all the time about Ben Roethlisberger. He is the best when he has a chip on his shoulder, and it's not a potato chip. It's not a tortilla chip. It's not a cow chip, a poker chip. It's not a micro chip. It is everybody doubting him. But the 53 men in that locker room and the coaching staff, they don't doubt what he can do. He didn't come back to have just another also-ran season. He didn't accept Matt Canada just to, you know, have the uh, third best team in the AFC North. He didn't come back for any of those reasons. He came back because he believes he can win, and the team brought him back because they didn't have to. They could have cut those losses. They they did not have to bring him back. But there's a lot of belief that no one else has, and I love it. So when Ben Roethlisberger is not considered to. Uh, is is considered to be washed up by everybody on twitter i'm cool with that in fact when i i heard this report by bird that is you know best shape of his life and all of this i'm like no don't say that do not say that because i i want them to have the us against the world mentality and they do better when it's like that
2: Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree with that. And it's funny that that you mentioned the best shape of his life thing because that's kind of the running joke with Ben Roethlisberger around training camp time. It seems like the last 10 years at some point there's going to be a report that Ben's in the best shape of his life. But this time I tend to agree with it just based on that, what, Ohio-sized chip. I think that's probably a pretty good way to put it. On his shoulder after that playoff loss to the Browns team that he usually kicks their butt up and down – the feel that each and every single time they play. So that's, that's one of the big things that I'm kind of looking at is Ben Roethlisberger completely buying in. He was there right away for OTAs and he, he's there for everything that mandatory or not that he hasn't had to been had to be there. The receivers weren't there, but Ben was there working with the rookies working with Matt Canada. That, that's pretty exciting to me. And like, it leads me to believe that he actually is putting in this amount of work. Would you be surprised at all? Because Ryan Burr also went on to say that Ben Roethlisberger is closer to his first league MVP than he is not being in the top 10 in passing yards in this league, which is is quite the statement. Do you think Ben Roethlisberger, we should be preparing for the best version of Big Ben we've ever seen? Or is that maybe a little bit ridiculous uh, for him to be throwing that out there?
3: I don't think it's going to be the best version of Ben you've ever seen. It's going to be a great version of Ben, though. But I cannot see the best. Now, the answer to your other question, Ben Roethlisberger will never be allowed to win the MVP award of the National Football League. There is, there's a lot of prejudgment with him. There's, they do not want him to win this award. And he would have to do extraordinary things to win this award. You know, if it, it's one of those things that they will pick a defensive player as MVP... Before they pick Ben. And that's it. They, it's just, when you look, his best bet for an MVP would be a Super Bowl MVP. And that would have to be a tremendous gain. Now, if he has a great season and they're in the Super Bowl, he has a tremendous game, there's no doubt in my mind that they will go ahead and say, okay, we'll give you the Super Bowl MVP. But they won't give him a league MVP.
2: I, I can buy that, too. Um, there, there's definitely a, a lot of uh, strong feelings towards Ben Roethlisberger, of course, through all the stuff through his young career. Uh, that, that still uh, is, is a ball and chain towards him. So uh, I totally understand that. But but it is funny, though, the Super Bowl MVP thing, because I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ben didn't get that either. Uh, Santonio Holmes had a great game in Super Bowl 43, not taking it away from him. Uh, but we saw... Th- Really, I hate to bring up the Ratbirds, but Joe Flacco, was he the best player for the Ravens when they won their last Super Bowl? Heck no. I I, I would argue uh, Jacoby Jones with the 100-yard kick return touchdown and that uh, a couple long bomb touchdowns. He was probably the best player in the game, but they still gave it to the quarterback. In a quarterback-driven league, Ben Roethlisberger had a really good game in Super Bowl forty three, some redemption for him. Uh, still uh, doesn't get the sniff there. If the Steelers won it, I still wouldn't be surprised. Even if Ben had a great game, if they handed it, to someone else. Now,
3: now let me jump in on that because I agree with you on that. But the reason I'm saying that what will happen, and the pundits and the media, they change their mind because what they'll do, they like I said, they'll never give him the league MVP. But if he has a great year and then he backs it up in the Super Bowl, they'll sit back and go, All right, he defied the odds. And then they're like, We have to. And the quarterback usually gets the nod there. I would think now, if he has a great game, but Najee Harris has 140 yards and two scores, or you've got Chase Claypool going off for three touchdowns, you know, then they might look the other way. But all I'm saying is if that, if the planets align and that happens and he's great, they'll finally say, all right, lifetime achievement award. We, we can't deny it. And that's what they'll do. But not for the league since we're on this
2: I have an interesting thought for you going back to Super Bowl 45 a heartbreaker for us Steeler fans say the Steelers pulled that drive off but in very reminiscent fashion of Super Bowl 43 what if Ben were to just target Mike Wallace Ben's stat line for that game he had 263 yards two touchdowns two picks Mike Wallace at that point at the end of the game nine receptions 89 yards and a touchdown Say that that last 60 yards is all thrown towards Mike Wallace. He ends the game with 140 yards, two touchdowns, Ben 320 yards, three touchdown passes, two picks. Do do you think they give it to Big Ben in Super Bowl forty-five? Does it go Mike Wallace's
3: way? It goes to number 17, and Mm -hmm. the reason being, one, there's still enough of a bias against Ben there, but those two interceptions against two touchdowns with Mike Wallace – you know, if if that scenario plays off at 140 yards, yeah, at that point, you've got to do that. Santonio Holmes won that MVP award based on one drive, but he was spectacular in that drive. Uh, you know, th- so that's really the way it would go there. Now, if something happens that uh, Mendenhall does something great there too, you know, I mean, doesn't fumble? He, yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm not a huge Mendenhall fan, but I am an apologist for that fumble. He, I defy many running backs to the way he was sandwiched on that play. I, it's Clay I Matthews. Yeah, it's Clay Matthews. And I thought it was A.J. Hawk involved in that, but it wasn't. I Because I looked at it the other day. He got tattooed, and I don't know many backs, even the best backs are having a hard time holding onto that ball because the ball was hit. I mean, there's he was clutching it well, and he was not a guy that fumbled. That that was just a million dollar hit.
2: Yeah, m- much like one Jerome Bettis uh, fumbling against the Colts in uh, 2005. Oh. So it, it, history just goes uh, goes to the, the victor, really. So Meninole uh, d- definitely doesn't get the the best look from Steeler fans. Well, Jerome Bettis uh, will love him forever. <laughs>
3: And and it didn't help that right after that he just uh, spouted off nonsense on Twitter. Now he Mendenhall was a very he he was a very intelligent guy. Mm. Uh, he he had very good grades at the University of Illinois. He was a scholar actually. I mean, not he's not a Josh Dobbs scholar. And he's now writing for Ballers and well, Ballers is over, but. The HBO show Baller, he ballers. He was not just uh, the uh, the football coordinator for that. He wrote for that show too, and so he was really well read guy. But he came. I don't know if you know the story, but on after in May of two thousand eleven, after that Super Bowl, only months after that that big fumble, he came out and said, "Why are we celebrating the death of Osama bin Laden?" Um, and that was, that was on Twitter. It was not, it was not meant to be anti-American, but it came out very non-patriotic and just the wrong move, um, at that time. So he came out as an un- un- American and he said, look, I was just coming out. I'm just looking for a different point of view. And I'm, I'm thinking, and I'm encouraging people to, uh, I'm to uh, debate this because it is a human being but you he missed he he missed the mark on it completely. Yeah, fumbling
2: in the Super Bowl and coming across as unpatriotic is not a good way to try to turn face especially in this market. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other bit of uh, Steelers news that uh, we should also bring up from uh, today really Peter Schrager made an appearance on the Pat McAfee show. And he was also asked about the question about Ben Roethlisberger and being in great shape. And basically what he brought up was that uh, the Steelers in general are a very hungry bunch. Uh, they're a team that's chomping at the bit. Uh, they, they were uh, definitely bitten by that loss. And it's affected some guys in the locker room. They want to come back hungrier than ever. Is that something that excites you? Or are you liking that that's kind of the, the vibe in the Steelers locker room?
3: Yeah, because I see that. That's something I really see with these guys. You know, you you put aside the shenanigans that happen on you know on TikTok and all of that stuff. They they come across as a a fun loving, maybe an immature bunch, but that's not what happened. That's not what this team is. And a lot of Devin Bush's comments that came out about the TikTok situation was don't group me in with those guys and don't group other the rest of the team in with these guys. So that that's kind of what that was all about in my mind. And I I just kind of feel that even the guys that that do enjoy their branding and their TikToking, they're serious when they're on the football field. And they and you know, sure, it, the yeah, the Corvette dances back, I guess. That just came out the other day that, that the, the Cor, Juju brought Corvette back, but when he's on the field, he's business. And I really feel guys like Kevin Dotson and, gosh, Najee, he just comes in and he brings in just a good culture. Coming from the University of Alabama, and he comes in with a work ethic like crazy where the running backs coach has to tell him, hey, fella, it's time to go home. You know, that's – so there's a lot of pride on this team. And you're going to tell me that a guy like Cam Hayward and a guy like Joe Hayden and – even Zach Banner, those guys that are, Zach Banner's showing himself as a true leader on this team as well. So you're, you're going to tell me that these guys aren't hungry? You're telling me that TJ's not hungry? You know, they're, they want to prove you. To it? Stephon, to it? My goodness. yo know, they, they are chomping at the bit. And it
2: really is pretty exciting to to hear all these things coming out from this team. And uh, I don't know how much of the curtain call you've been catching, uh, Brian. But uh, one of the things that we've kind of learned about these draft picks in, in these past couple weeks of shows is that they they all have these leadership qualities. They're either they're they direct team captain or like they're the leader of their position group. And I know that's the way the Steelers have been kind of adding guys to this team uh, for the last couple years. It's been leader-centric. Do you think that's something that's not talked about, like how, how much leadership qualities this team has and if that can help this team achieve its ultimate goal of winning a title?
3: It's not talked about, but that's absolutely how they draft. I think the last reach as far as character was in 2014 in the fourth round, which you absolutely have to make that reach for Martavis Bryant. And they really, I mean, if he stays clean he's my gosh could you imagine what we'd be talking about right now with this guy but he's a risk that you take at number 4 you can there were people i remember there was there were people in the the steeler media that were so upset that they did not pick him at number 3 they went with dre archer instead um which did not work out either but they were just devastated cuz they're like man you you missed out on a fantastic player But with he had character issues coming in and they turned out to be true. I know your question wasn't about Martavis Bryant, but (laughs) since then they were looking at guys like Bud Dupree and of course TJ Watt. And you look at that that draft, Juju is considered a high character guy, too. I mean, he's fun loving, he's young, but I mean, when they drafted him, he's not at a party. He's on the beach, dancing the beach with his family, and they're celebrating in the surf. That that was beautiful. James Conner, the same thing in that draft. You could go with so many different players throughout the year that they looked at high-character guys, and they surpassed guys that were question marks. A big guy in 2018 that they were looking at was – it was a possibility for the first round. Darius Geis. Darius Geis is – he ran into trouble with the Washington football team and, and in the league. Now, they went with Terrell Edmonds. Terrell Edmonds, high-character guy. Now, people are going to say, well, you should have gone in the third round, should have never taken him there. Yeah, that's fine. But they look at a certain intangible, and that's it, and it's character, and this team has a lot of leadership on it. You just – the the problem with the offense, though, is it's so young. And you just don't... I mean, you don't have the DeCastros anymore. And you even have a guy in Juju that's going into his fifth year that's younger than Deontay Johnson. You just don't... I mean, but if they gel and come together, if Zach Banner comes together, then he's going into his, what, fourth or fifth year now. But if Zach Banner comes together then that's another guy that you did not expect that you didn't even draft. He was a fourth rounder for another team, either the Colts or the Browns. I I mixed that up. Um, But if he comes together, you start having these guys that are showing that they're leaders on this team. There's a lot on defense. Yeah, it's, it's not what you expect.
2: Uh, one of the things I want to address in the comments here before we get on to the, the real theme of today's show is because once you mentioned, mentioned Martavis Bryant, he did get suspended recently from the CFL, but being the resident Canadian, I, I do have the inside scoop on this, he isn't suspended from for some nefarious act, had some visa problems, if you can't get to training camp, uh, so the CFL uh, doesn't have to Uh, Release you from your contracts, you can be exposed to the other teams. They put you on the suspended list. So that way you're still on the roster. And if you can make it up to the country, then you'll get taken off the list. So, really, the Martavis Bryant thing is kind of a non story, but it is a story out there nonetheless. Past that, though, and today's real topic getting into going around the NFL and figuring out the Steelers' standing. Uh, In all of this, uh, I know uh, Brian and I have kind of talked a little bit about uh, breaking down some of the worst teams that we think uh, might be picking at the top of the draft board this year. Uh, Going back from uh, number five to number one, uh, who we think the five worst teams in football will be. Uh, Brian, do you have that uh, ready to go with uh, your
3: number five team? Yes, I do. And I have a feeling it's the same team as yours the way we were talking beforehand, this this does hinge hinge on your quarterback and whether they're playing, but it just even if he plays, this team is dilapidated, and it's Bill O'Brien just did them wrong, he just completely screwed up that franchise, and it's the Houston Texans.
2: Yeah, I I, I completely agree with you on that one. The Texans roster is just in shambles. And the hire they made uh, at head coach, uh, I believe his name's David Cully, that kind of seems like more of kind of just an out guy that will get fired after a terrible season. Uh, Signing a half dozen running backs, drafting them, none of their moves made a lot of sense. Uh, I feel bad for Davis Mills, I believe the Stanford quarterback. uh, Seems like he might have to start or Tyrod Taylor. It's just going to be ugly. And, yeah, I, I agree. Go ahead, Brian.
3: And don't forget about the general manager search. That was horrendous. It was, it seemed like nobody wanted to interview. And then, I mean, Omar Khan really kind of, I mean, he looked like he was going to be the guy, the McNairs, they jumped in and said, no, we got this guy. And everyone, everyone in Houston's like, what? Yeah.
2: Oh, I couldn't imagine being a Texans fan right now because of how bad it's going to be. Uh, I do. I do anticipate them picking number one overall next year. But uh, who do you think will be your second worst team in football?
3: All right. So this might be a surprise to some people, but I am going to the ATL and the Atlanta Falcons. They have never, Michael, they have never served. They have never come back from 28 to three. That is going That has set this this franchise back for years. Now Julio Jones is gone. I really don't. I I really don't see that defense having too much of, of hype around him or potential. And the offense isn't strong either. I mean, of course you you have the Calvin Ridley's and you have some players there, but. What's their running back situation look like? Is it Gurley again? I mean, I don't I don't even think he's back, but I don't think they have anything. Yeah, you're you're right on that.
2: I have a different team in this slot, but Atlanta they actually didn't make my bottom 5, but they'd be close. Uh, they're uh, their team definitely in transition. Uh for me, I have the Detroit Lions. The caveat here is I love their coaching staff. I love some of the moves they made this off season but the roster is just so barren. They just don't have the guys. I think Jared Goff will take a step back, not playing with the Sean McVay and having a whole lot less talent in Detroit. Of course, it's going to be colder up there in that NFC North. I I just don't see it working out for that California kid who also uh, struggled pretty mightily. Uh, against the chicago bears a couple years ago when he was uh the guy for the uh, la rams do
3: you want to load up that super chat there brian yes i do i am smiling wilfredo vasquez thank you so much recognizing bad company and that's that's something hashtag bad company look the, uh, my tales from 2am guys and gals they were like hey the ride or die crew—that's a great show. Let's ride's awesome, but why do they have a crew, and why can't we have a crew? And I'm like, oh, well, we can't call it crew. So we thought of some names, the bad guys, and like, but then we came up with hashtag bad company, and it's sticking. It's it, it's not quite ride or die yet. It's not hashtag ride or die, but it's coming. And now I want to nominate. I want to nominate Beck and Black. Hashtag Beck and Black. <laughs> Uh, I love that we all have our li- our own little fan
2: clubs going on now. <laughs> it's one of the fun things of buying the steel curtain, and how much uh, we love and respect the- all the viewers and listeners and readers over at the website and throughout our podcast platform. So thank you. Actually, to you.
3: actually, I think it should be hashtag uh, still hashtag Canadian bacon and eggs. <laughs> we we
2: try to get that off the ground. Maybe uh, come season time, we'll uh, we'll try to get that going for know your enemy once again. Uh, of course, uh, the, my Canadian bacon to uh, Jeffrey Benedict's eggs Benedict.
3: So <laughs> I all it. <laughs> uh,
2: well, uh, let's let's get back in our exercise here. Uh, the third worst team on your list, Jacksonville. Mm, you, you don't They're... think Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence will uh, turn the tides?
3: Not yet not yet you you've got to be three and 13 to be seven and nine then nine and seven in this league uh no i i don't that's a terrible roster it it really is you know i I love the fact that of course you're gonna go trevor lawrence first travis Edian. i mean i thought that was a reactionary pick when there were so many other places where you could have gone there will he be good possibly yeah But everybody talked about the Steelers put a Najee Harris on an island. My gosh, we saw it last year with the Cincinnati Bengals. And and the Cincinnati Bengals still haven't done as much as they could have to go ahead and take care of Joe Burrow. And he got just crunched against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't really see Jacksonville protecting them protecting this guy and you know what it's going to be saxonville again but the wrong kind of saxonville just got <laughs> saxonville
2: I, I think that's a pretty good way to look at it i i think that could be a, a t-shirt for uh, the other teams of what the the afc south <laughs> uh but my number three team i might throw a little bit of wrench in here but i think the oakland raiders are due for a bit of a collapse. Um, I think this team that Mayock and Gruden are, have kind of assembled—it's—it's it, not—it's not what it should be, considering all their high draft picks they got from dealing uh, Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack. I, I don't like the way they've been drafting. Uh, yet again, one of the, one of the draft classes here in 2020, where a lot of people uh, were very critical of what the Raiders put together. Uh, they lost more talent in the offseason. I, I just think it, it's all kind of coming to a crescendo where they're going to have a bad season, but there's still so much money on John Gruden's deal that nothing's going to happen. So that, that's kind of my, uh, my my wrench into uh, the bottom five and maybe a surprise team to some.
3: Okay, I'm going to go on. I'm going to further this on. I'm going to bet you $1,000 that the team you mentioned does not win a single game in 2021 will you make that bet with me i say that, this team does not win a game the team you mentioned the raiders yes oh i i i think they're winning games okay so you're, you're gonna take that bet with me i i guess so <laughs> all right good because i just won because the oakland raiders will not be playing because the las vegas raiders will be playing and i just won a thousand dollars Game, woo! Get those pinuck bucks my way, my friend. It's Canadian dollars, though, right? It's yep. Canadian dollars. I'll, I'll, hey, I'll take what five hundred bucks in my pocket. <laughs>
2: oh, I can't believe I made that mistake. Oh, I've been so good on that,
3: and I feel like such a wang bringing it up. But I'm like, all right, this will be fun. Got to
2: give it to him. Got to give it to the young buck. <laughs> Dang it! Oh, what was I thinking? Oh, poor guy. okay let's move on what's your number four team
3: (laughs) all right you guys you're going to when i start saying this you're gonna be like of course of course you're right but then i'm gonna give you a little swerve the new york giants whoa okay i don't believe in them at all i didn't i mean sure they got a wide receiver i just didn't like their draft i don't like this team i don't like I really don't like their quarterback that much. I think they have a fantastic head coach. I really do. I think they're going to be good. I just don't like what's happening there. And that might be a bold statement. I'm just going to go with the Giants falling backwards a little bit
2: interesting uh my four team is also a team from new york but uh it would be the new york jets for the giants i i will take a step back i'll say a lot falls on daniel jones shoulders if he can have a josh allen type uh kind of step forward which is asking a lot they could be really good with their weapons but uh i, I think he might just continue to be average and kind of just toe the line there uh for uh the big blue team in new york but as for gang green their their defense rather is still in shambles. Uh, we've heard reports today that the, they're not even interested in offering Marcus May a contract, who's probably their best defensive player, not named Quinn and Williams. I do not understand what they're doing with this this roster rebuild. I love their offensive line they put together. Zach Wilson should have a decent little year for himself because of it. I still don't love their running backs or their receivers, but that's my number four team. As an ambulance drives by, I'm sure you hear that siren. I apologize for that, but. Uh, but what are you seeing there at uh,
3: number five? I'm going to agree with Wes, not as far as going 10 and seven, but Wes says, I think the Jets are going to be good. Um, but what I'm going to say as I pull up the wrong one, so maybe I should just not pull <laughs> anything up here. Um, you know, I don't think the Jets are going to be amazing. Uh, 10 and seven's bold. I But I, I'm going to go ahead and put them as my number five team here. They are not going to be as horrible as everybody thinks. I could see them winning a few games, but I like them better than those four other teams. Um, when I say a few games, I mean they may they not be better than than a five-win season, but I'm gonna go ahead and put them there. I, I like those other teams less. You had a team on your less, your list, the Detroit Lions, which I completely disagree with you on. I think Jared Goff is actually going to surprise. And I would love to see what he can do there. I mean, he gets to play a lot of games indoors. And when you when you think about that, and I'm not sure where the other NFC the other um games on the schedule in the NFC North are, um, but he will get an opportunity to play uh maybe Green Bay, one of those teams in September. You know, things can happen, and if Green Bay has if something happens that they don't have number 12 there in Green Bay, then then that's a completely different story up in Wisconsin. So I'm going to go ahead and say that, yeah, I am not going to – I'm going to take them off your list if we had a chance to take one off. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to take somebody off my list too since I just did that.
2: Uh, if I had to pluck one team, I, I'd go with Atlanta. Also, my number five team was also – or was the Jacksonville Jaguars for my. Oh, Miami. okay. I'm I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, uh, Round out my list with a bunch of Jags. I think they will get a little bit better, though. Um, Just with the the, the golden boy quarterback, I I don't love the way they built their roster either. It's some confusing moves, but I guess they kind of completely got to rebuild the culture. We'll we'll see how that goes. I'm not sure if Urban Meyer was the right guy, but uh, as for pulling a team off your list, I think Atlanta will be close to being one of the worst teams in football, but I just don't think that they'll be – that far down Matt Ryan still has some stuff to prove I, I like their uh, head coaching hire uh, the former offensive coordinator out of Tennessee whose name is escaping me right now but uh I still think they have some pieces but uh, it, it won't be enough for them to be com- really competitive but I think they'll be outside of
3: the, the bottom five let me ask you this real quick I know we got to go to a break but somebody brings up a great point and it's boing boom who did we miss did we miss a team like the eagles they're getting healthy. They were very injured last year. So that's why I'd argue they're not in the bottom five. Okay. I, I agree with you, but that's, that's a team that you can go ahead and look at. Portness says, Hey, they could have a wide variation of outcomes. They can go 11 and six or the wheels fall off.
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that too. Like last year was just an anomaly for them. They lost their entire starting offensive line and then backups. It was just it was brutal for the Eagles. I, I I felt bad for them last year. Here's another team though that I'll, I'll I'll throw in there before we get to break. What about the
3: Cincinnati Bengals? Here's the thing about the Cincinnati Bengals: if that team could put together an offensive line, and you know they they picked they picked a lineman high, Jackson Carmen, I believe, from Clemson. Yep. Got him. And, you know, I did not love them. I, I really thought, if I'm a Cincinnati fan, I'm like, why aren't you going Sewell or Slater here? I, but I get it. With the guy they pulled in, I mean, my goodness, the wide receiver that they have on that team now, along with the, I mean, you've got T. Higgins there, you've Tyler Boyd still there. They are going to have some firepower. If they find a way to protect him, with that backfield, that's going to be a decent offense and they're going to win some games. Are they going to be great? No. Could they be a seven win team? Yeah. They really could. They have some games that they could win. So, and the defense is they're bringing in some free agents. Hendrickson, I mean, somebody told me he was trash the other day, but you know, 15 sacks don't completely lie. You know, 15 sacks with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, You're bringing in Mike Hilton, who's going to help do some things. And you have arguably one of the best defenders in the league, defensive backs. Now, is he better than Minka Fitzpatrick? No, but Jesse Bates, the guy they should have taken number one overall in 2018, your defensive back, that's the guy they should have gotten, the Steelers. But this uh, this is a team that is going to move the needle a little bit.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Uh, they're probably a team that's probably cro- uh, clawed their way out of uh, the bottom five, that basement, and they have, a, they have a decent little future for themselves, but they got to figure out uh, some holes in that defense and their offensive line, of course. Uh, we are uh, due for a break, though, um, so everyone watching on YouTube and face- Facebook, just hang tight. We'll be back in just a moment, but if you're on the podcast platform side, Just uh, flip over to part two uh, if it doesn't do it automatically because there's more great content coming up in the second half, including our best teams and some other takes for uh, the 2021 NFL season. So for more of uh, myself and Brian Anthony Davis, just hang tight and the curtain call will be back in just a moment.
0: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
2: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy.